Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to the St. John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking into the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The work that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else. No one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. We always want to pay attention when there are... uh, Certain aspects uh, in Scripture when they talk about certain days or holy days that are going on and how does that set, set the setting, set the context for the passage or the conversation that we are about to hear. So in order to fully understand what's going on in this passage from the Gospel of John of this conversation between uh, Jewish people of the day and Jesus, it helps to know about what is that festival of dedication uh, because that really helps us understand why they're asking Jesus, are you the Messiah? Tell us plainly. Stop leaving us in suspense. Uh, I didn't know this. I had to look it up. But the Festival of Dedication is known by a a much more common name for us today uh, for the Jewish holidays, and that is Hanukkah. I'm going to assume that we all have heard of Hanukkah before, correct? Right? So I... Little vaguely familiar with Hanukkah, I want to look over at um, where's Helen Gorenson. I hope I get it right because I know you grew up Jewish, so please correct me if I get something wrong, all right? Um, so, uh, Hanukkah is a day in which the temple was rededicated um, from, let me start again, it was rededicated because it was conquered by the Greeks. Uh, couple hundred years before. And when the Greeks came in and destroyed the temple, they had put up idols and they had put up statues and dedicated things to the god of Zeus. So then about 167, there was an uprising called the Maccabean Revolt. I don't know if anybody uh, has heard that phrase before. It's led by Judah the Maccabean. Um, And you can read more about it. There is a section in the Bible called the Apocrypha that many Bibles don't have, but Catholic Bibles do have, in which it does have other books. Uh, One is Maccabeans, and so it recounts some of this. And so as the Maccabeans led this revolt, they took back the temple, and then they had to rededicate it to the Jewish God. 
And so as they went to rededicate it, there was special oil that had to be burned for the candles in that place. Um, but they only found one jar of oil and was only supposed to last one night. And in order to have uh, this oil, it takes several days in order to prepare it, to get it ready. So they're in a bind. You light it, but you only have one night of oil, and then it's going to burn out, and then you're going to have to wait again. So the reason why Hanukkah is eight nights, because this one jar of oil did not last one night, but it lasted eight nights. So we have eight nights of Hanukkah. Did I do okay with that, Helen, from what you understand and remember? So it is in this setting that this question is asked. It is at the festival of dedication. The Jews have gathered at the temple to remember what has been done in the past. Judah the Maccabee led this revolt against the Greeks to rededicate the temple. Here comes Jesus. They have expectations of Jesus, don't they? They want someone in the line of King David who's going to lead another revolt, from my understanding. And so they're starting to wonder, is this Jesus or is this, not, is this Jesus the Messiah or is this not? And so now they approach Jesus during the festival of dedication. Tell us plainly, right? Are you going to do this, right? Are, what are our expectations of you? What should they be? And here is Jesus' response, right? My sheep know my voice. You do not believe because you do not know my voice. So he's kind of harsh on them at the day. But we need to know another setting in which this gospel passage is in because it's not, in my opinion, really directed at the Jewish people of day doing the rededication of the temple. It is written to the original hearers of the gospel of John. And so you need to know something about the original hearers of the Gospel of John. They were a marginalized community. They were Jewish people of the day that were worshiping in the synagogue that had come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the one to come. And there was conflict between those who believed Jesus was the Messiah and those who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah in that synagogue. And so those who came to believe Jesus was the Messiah were kicked out, could no longer worship there, and they were marginalized, and they were pushed out to the outskirts. And so this is a community in which they have a lot of questions, right? They need to be reassured about what is going on. Did we make the right choice, I think you might say, because they are uncertain. And so this passage, this story is written down to help bring encouragement to those who feel marginalized. Listen to these words. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else. No one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. If you are part of a group of people that has been ostracized or marginalized or made to think you don't belong. These are very comforting words, aren't they? Right? God has you. Keep the faith. It's going to be okay. They probably have questions too. Is Jesus the Messiah? Is he the one to come? 
And because there were different expectations, they needed to be reassured also. And so this passage is reassuring these people that were marginalized, that were on the outskirts, that even though they had been kicked out of the synagogue, God is with them. And God has them. And I think that's a message for us today because we have all felt ostracized at some time, right? We've all felt, we've all doubted who we are. We've all felt, am I worthy? We've all felt, uh, am I good enough? We've all felt, can I keep up, right? And we wonder, does God, am I really with God or does God really have me? And so this passage is saying, yes, once God's, always God's. So it's not really so much about other people, but it's about simply those who have come to believe in Jesus as Messiah. Not what happens if you don't understand that, but the doubts that happen when you do understand that. Now here's the danger in it. We, for the most part, are not a very marginalized people, are we? I am male, middle class, and white, and I'm tall. Right? Um, you could say genetically, in many ways, I won the lottery. Right? The world was created by people that look like me and is set up for me to do well. So the question I always have to ask myself is how do I hear this passage of, that is geared to people who are marginalized when I am not a marginalized person myself? And the danger is to make myself out into that so I can maybe understand that better. Maybe a better way for me to hear it or for you to hear it as you see it is needed is to look around and see who are the people who have been marginalized in our society? Who are the people that the church has said, nah, maybe you don't belong here? Whether it's been done overtly whether it's been done um, passive-aggressively, because nobody's passive-aggressive in this world, are they? Maybe it's because, for whatever reason it is, we have marginalized people in this world, don't we? The gospel is written to those people. Yes, it is written to us, no doubt about it. And, it is written to them. Part of the challenge is to understand it is not always about you. It's not always about me, correct? It is about other people as well. And so we read this gospel. I read this gospel two ways this morning. One, yes, when there are times in which I feel ostracized, in which I start to wonder and doubt about the promise of the waters of baptism and are they really going to hold true? Does God love me even when I don't feel lovable? This reassures me. And it pushes me outside of that point of view to look around and to say, who are those other people in the world who have been made to feel that way in which I have potentially made people to feel that way? So it means to look at myself, to examine myself, and to understand the promise of God is not just for me. It is for everyone. And does everybody understand that? 
Does everybody understand it? That's our job as the church, is to let everybody know they have a place. No matter how much we want to say no and keep our world the way we want it to look. Instead, how do we make the world the way God wants it to look? That's our task. That's our job. My opinion, that's why we're here. It's not easy, so we gather again every Sunday morning. We receive communion to remind it that God is with us, to be forgiven, to remind it of who you are, and to remind us of who other people are as well. And that because of who we are and because of who they are, that is what defines all of our interactions. No matter what. We are God's. And I thank God for that. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening. And don't forget... You are loved.